Hello and welcome to Tarot Bites. I'm Teresa Reed, the Tarot Lady. I'm the author of the Tarot Coloring Book and the co-author of Tarot for Troubled Times. I'm also your host for this podcast series. This is episode 178 of Tarot Bites, the podcast where I dish out short, entertaining, bite-sized lessons on how to read tarot. And for today's episode, our topic is professionalism for tarot readers. And my special guest is Gina Thies. Hello, Gina. Hi, Teresa. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to um, be sharing in this. This is great. This is a great topic. Well, I am delighted that you are here, and I wanted to discuss this topic with you. You are, like, number one on my mind because you're, first of all, you're one of my go-to people for all things professional, and also you write the best practices column for the Tarot Schools newsletter. You know, so everybody knows you as the person who's the voice of all things professional with tarot. So we got to have you. Of course. So thank you. Thank you. So yes, I uh, started that column. When I started writing, I just, it was just kind of a natural segue because um, I uh, started out wanting to mentor other professional readers. And so it's like, what a great way uh, to kind of get that going and to write about it. And so to put that in there, because, you know, Tarot School, uh, they have so many segments and they try to reach out uh, and be that resource for the community. And so I really wanted to do that um, as well. So that's how that gets, gets got started. Well, it's one column that I know when I get the newsletter, it's the first thing I go to. And I think a lot of tarot readers who are professionals, they also go right to that immediately because we're all looking for professional training. We're all looking for ways to up our game. So, you know, what I'd like to talk about really right off the bat was, is what does professionalism mean to you? Well, professionalism um, or to be a professional, right, uh, means that you are setting yourself apart from a hobbyist, right? Um, if you dedicate yourself to something as a hobby, you can, you can make money at it, but the professional level means that you hold yourself or your business to a certain standard. Now, professionals can be a part of an organization of professionals, um, or of course, a lot of us are sole proprietors, right? And so without having anything standardized, how do we know we are professionals? Well, first, simplified, if you charge for something, right? Um, And then you are providing a level of service. So that, to me, kind of chimes in and goes under that professional um, umbrella. You can be a hobbyist and be um, have a professional mannerism, right? Uh, when someone says, "Oh, it's you're very professional," I mean, either that's you know they're referring to that something is very refined or polished about it, um, how they're treated, right? Uh, the level of service they're getting, and really the value that they're that's invested in that exchange. So that uh, is what when I someone says they want to read professionally and they hope to read professionally, I ask them to think about what are they meaning and dedicating to their service. And so, and to think about, you know, what would happen uh, if, if you're the only person, right? What would happen if you're, you're not there, you can't show up? And what would that mean to a, a person that is actually, just, you know, deciding to invest um, in you as a resource. So to think about all of those things when you're talking about being a professional. It's really about your integrity and your credibility. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Because you don't, like I said, you, we, we have certain uh, professional, um, I guess, guilds and um, all, whatever you want to call them that we have membership, people can be memberships of, but if there's no watchdog, there's no one to really report to, there's no industry standard, there's not a board necessarily. Like when you, when doctors or nurses are licensed, that doesn't happen um, in terms of the, um, I call it the divination or intuitive arts industry. So uh, you really are, um, and just like gig, gig economy workers, I mean, even some of them, if they're working for, uh, say, for like, you know, Uber or whatever, there's there are certain standards, but we're kind of like, you know, free flowing um, yeah. as, as tarot professionals. So uh, there's no one to, re, you know, turn or report to, even though there can, if you set yourself up as a business, you can have someone report to say better business in, um, um, bureau or something like that, but not, not, not so much, right? You're, we're left to the resources of reviews, <laughs> yes. you know? Oh my God. And it drives, it kind of drives me crazy. Um, they're, they're just Google reviews, you know, Yelp reviews, that sort of thing. And so while it is important because your, uh, clients typically report something that goes wrong and not necessarily things that go well, right? Uh, so you have to be really, really uh, careful. So that is our only measure, you know, in terms of being measured uh, on our own professionalism and how we present is our reviews. And so it can be a double-edged sword with that. Totally. Um, so here's something I want to ask you now. Mm -hmm. uh, speaking of reviews and all of that, we don't have really any other way to monitor or anything. So what are some of the behaviors that you've witnessed that undermine the credibility of tarot readers? Well, one of the things I personally have to repeatedly, and I call it quote unquote fix, uh, are one where people come to me very, very scared because some reader has scared them. Now, what does that mean? Well, they've told them some some unwelcoming information. And uh, I, I can't believe in this day, day and age, we st I still get people that are saying that someone has said that I have this thing that only they can fix for a certain amount of money. Um, and so, um, or the, people will want to critique the accuracy of something, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, I think a lot of that can be curtailed. Again, the professional, if you can do something and you know that you have a particular talent, that is what you want to present. If you cannot do something, that is also what you want to present. And that would curtail a lot. Again, we're in a free form here, so there's no way to say, but if I have to repeatedly calm somebody down after being frightened or just very, uh, you know, displeased with what they've gotten. I have, I, I mean, <laughs> we've been doing this a long time, Teresa, and I know you've come across this too. I know when somebody has gone to one or two or five or six other readers and they come to me and they're landing and they're really waiting to see if I'm going to say something that somebody else has told them, another reader has told them. Yeah. Um, and so they'll point blank want to know, well, do you see that too? Well, I cannot, you know, my talent and gifts are limited to what I can do. Now, if somebody else told you something, I can't not necessarily discredit what they're seeing. But what I want to do is let you know, here's what, what I can frame for you based on my talent, my gift, 
my knowledge, my expertise. And that's where it is. So it doesn't mean that what somebody else is telling you, but I, I do know that I have had to fix some things that people yeah. are, or at least talk them off the, the ledge, so to speak, when somebody's frightened. Them. So, um, yes. Yes, absolutely. You know, people telling you you've got a curse on you or, or giving these really frightening readings that does undermine the credibility. Uh, if you are leaving clients feeling scared or feeling like they've got to give you X amount of dollars to remove a curse. I mean, and I mean, may, and I'm not, I'm not going to say that's not something people are capable of. My thing is for, for leaving someone, it's just like if you're a doctor and you've got to give somebody else somebody bad news, well, then you need to have a plan in place for them to cope with that news, a support system. But if you leave them feeling without a system of support and not just say, keep coming to me, keep coming to me. I get people all the time like that say, when is, when should I get another reading with you? When's the next thing? And I, and I say, you know what, that's going to be up to number one, where you feel you need support and your budget. Because, you know, that is for you to decide. I never want to say, oh, you know, you need to have another reading with me in two weeks. No. Um, yeah. And, you know, I have regular enough people that um, they come back as when they, and sometimes it's, it's like years will go and then I'll hear back from them. Years will go. And so it's like, I decide, I tell them to decide on what they need in terms of support in their budget. That's the most two important things to me. Other than that, I, if you want to come every day, come every day, you know, um, a lot of people, um, uh, you know, there, there are many practitioners that say, Oh no, they, they can't, they can't do that. I don't want them to become dependent. Well, a person becomes dependent based on the level again of support you're getting, giving them and how you're getting, giving them to empower themselves to, 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 um, Sometimes they're in a crisis and I yes. know myself, I've had reading, I've had my mentor, I've leaned on her day to day when I was going through a crisis. Well, that's the support that you're, you're given. But if you, if they're sitting there going, well, uh, well, when are they going to call? And uh, they call the next day and when are they going to call? And then, you know, even though you can hit it, but it's like, okay, what purpose is this serving you? Right. So you have to be able within yourself to understand your boundaries really important. Um, if they're crossing your boundaries, right, you're going to know the difference that, 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 you know, something's going to well up to go on, wait a minute, this is not normal. And so, um, a lot of times we are the only support system for, uh, clients and clients. And so we have to under really be careful about crossing those boundaries. When I do my readings, it sounds like I'm sitting there talking. People think, oh, this is like my friend. And they have said, when, when a client, and I've had this happen to me in the past, go, well, you're my friend. Hold up, red flag. And I'll tell them, I'm, I'm like, We're, we need to clarify that because if you think I'm your friend, you're not going to listen to me in the same, with the same ears as that you would in my role of advisor. So we need to shift that. I know it sounds that way, but you have to be really, really, really careful. Now, what keeps that in place is the fact that there's an exchange of money. I don't barter. Yes. <laughs> so, so you're saying that right off the bat, you really have to establish with the client that this is a, a, this is a business. This is my livelihood. This is not us being friends and just hanging out. That that's one of the things also that can really set you apart for, you know, being a pole. Oh, very, 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 very much so. Um, even to the point where now I, I it, it, through my website, tarotadvisor.com, 
um, I, I have everything set up. You got to read this terms that, you know, I have all policies in place, um, even around, and that's another thing that makes you a professional. You've got to have those policies in place. Even if they're unstated, you've got to know within yourself what you're going to do. For instance, and there's a, there's a business reasons for having a refund policy, mm-hmm. right? Whether you do refunds and what stipulate all the stipulations as to that, um, you have to be able to know what will happen. What, what are you going to do if there's a chargeback, you know? Um, and so I um, have learned from my many years of doing this, how to avoid, I think I may even do like a whole thing on just to, just, I may have done that before, um, avoiding chargebacks and how to handle those things. Right. And so when you're, when people are paying you and doing exchanges, people will try to get out of, I mean, I've had people run fraudulent credit cards and use other people's stuff. And how do you deal with all that? So I have policies around that, rescheduling, um, all of those things so that they know what to expect and what's going on. That's what any business would do, right? Yes. Um, And so that's another thing that sets you apart as a professional. You need to know what to do. Um, Short side story. Um, I was in the French Quarter. And, um, uh, there's a reader out in the French quarter. And, um, I said, well, how much do you charge for a reading? And she said, Oh, whatever you want to give me and how much time it could be, uh, $25. I said, no, oh, I'm not going to do that. You know why? Because she doesn't understand what her value is and what her worth is. And to be professional, you just tell me a price. So she was struggling to just say, I'm going to charge you X amount of dollars for 30 minutes or for 15 minutes. Just tell me what a price is. That is a professional. When you yes. are hemming and hawing, wouldn't that make you feel untrustworthy? Well, yeah. it could be, or it could be, or it could be, right? So it's like, no, um, you don't know your value. You don't know what you are about. You don't know. And she could, oh, I've been doing this for 40 years and you still can't figure out what the charge? No. So you're just in that category of your novice hobbyist. I I love what you're saying here, because what you're saying here is that the reader has to establish, you know, first of all, what the rules are, what the policies are, and they have to be firm in their pricing. Otherwise, you're right. I I mean, if if you go to somebody in any like store, and you want to buy like, let's say, uh, a can of soda, and the person is like, well, I'm not sure how much this costs. I mean, that that doesn't work. It's not a business. Okay. So if you don't have your pricing established, you could get caught too, because a person may say, want to book with you. And then the first thing out of their mouths is, well, do you offer any discounts? So right there, they're going to put you in a position to try to second guess, number one, your value and your worth. Uh, I, I, I've, I've come across that. I don't have that as much now since guess what? I've put everything in order. I have my policies. It's stated. Uh, frankly, if someone asks for a reading and they haven't followed the rules and they send me an email or a request and they want to know if I'm going to discount, I don't answer them. Mm-hmm. Now, is that professional? Um, here's why. Uh, when I've, I've learned those people, and that's, it just may be a, a personal signal for me, those people become the biggest problem clients. Um, if, if they're telling you to discount your services, do they do that to a, or a, a doctor? 
You know, if something's on sale at Walmart, it's on sale at Walmart. That's that's different. They've got to unload inventory. They're running, you know, but a service-based industry, um, there are many, you know, lawyers do sliding scale. Um, I think we're, to me, we're a little bit different because we have a certain level of, of, um, of specialty expertise, right? Uh, so, and, and lawyers have an obligation to do stuff for their communities. Not that we won't either. I just have not had any success with trying to say, okay, I'll give you this. Now, if I choose to um, say, okay, we've spent this amount of time. This is the chunk you've paid me. Okay. And I've gone over that's, that's on me. Right. Right. But I think it's offensive to say, you know, I don't know you from Adam, but I'm going to pay you less than what you're asking because of why insert the reason here. If you can't afford it, I have rates that make it affordable. So get purchase a service where you can, can afford, but don't expect, you know, my $900 service, you know, to give it to you for $50. That doesn't, you know what I'm saying? It just doesn't match up. And that, I think that's a dis, dishonor and disservice when people do that. Every one of us, somebody, you know, I've played around with just doing a flat rate and doing, but I have different levels so that, you know, if you can afford this, you pay this, but starting off the bat going, you know, I'm going to pay less for you. No. And there are, there are choices of readers. If it's affordable, go to someone that you can afford, right? That's, that's how I believe. Mm Mm-hmm. I agree with that too. And I also, I also agree that when somebody is a freebie seeker or discount seeker, they're always the kind of clients you never want to work with ever. They're just going to, or, or the, Oh, can you offer, uh, do you offer sample or free readings? Why? (laughs) You know how much, you know how much, you don't know how much money I've spent on decks. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know how many of my friends, tarot friends I have to support? And I know, like, um, you make these decisions that are personal, but if you're running a business, um, you know, you have to think in terms of being a professional. That's what it means. It's like, you got to treat your stuff, treat your business and treat yourself as a business. Yes. Otherwise you're not going to like, why are you doing it? If, if you're not going to charge, if you're not going to have this, then why are you trying to be a professional? I agree a million percent. So let me ask you this now. Let's mm-hmm. say you've got somebody who is a PETA client, pain in the ass client. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and they're being like that. You know, what is a very professional way to fire a client? Because that oh, is going to come goodness. up. That's going to come up at some point in everybody's profession. And there's a way yes. to do it. And there's a way not to do it. So what is your thoughts? Yes. So when I've had clients that are difficult, are those pains in the tush? Mm-hmm. Um, I ask them when I know we're at that point, what are they getting out of this? Mm. What do they need from me? Right. They need to be able to clarify why they are, um, why, wh- where the challenges are. And I can state my challenges. Um, I, I have regular clients that revisit things over and over again. I go, Okay. Now, I, I am very blunt. I'm a very blunt reader. I will say, so since I've said this to you a million times, we've been having it in writing, we have it in text messages, we have it in emails. I can copy and paste this reading for you because I've already went over this, right? The situ- have you changed your situation? Well, then the situation doesn't change, okay? Mm-hmm. 
blunt and upfront. Now, if I get into, and, and I, I have had clients where um, they get to that point where the dependence is there or whatever, and they want, oh, well, now I want to mentor with you because mm-hmm. the, the our reading is, oh, okay. I have a, a, a very detailed uh, agreement. And the agreement stipulates that you cannot contact me outside of our professional arrangement of time. You cannot email me. You will have a three-minute phone conversation and or email one email exchange if you need something to clarify. Otherwise, I don't want to hear from you. Mm-hmm. Now, if you have a, a, a person that difficult, you got to start putting stuff in writing. Here's what we're going to agree to. You send them an email. You cannot do this, 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 this. Do you agree to this? Right? Most of the time, if they they are difficult, they're needy and they're manipulating and have boundary issues. And so if you start putting up boundaries, they're going to at first get a little obsessive and then they're going to start backing down because you don't feed into that. Um, and you say, if you don't follow these, then we no longer have a professional relationship and you're going to have to seek services elsewhere. Blunt. I love that. Doing for you. Just blunt. Because what, what are they doing for you? But you'll start getting, it's just like having a stalker. When people have stalkers, they get quite stressed out. They, they, they get all, you, you, you start to have mental anguish. They need to cut it short. Again, professional relationships, if you get kicked out of the store and are not allowed to come back in, guess what? That relationship is severed. You have to do the same thing. Um, if you are wavering, right, that is a sign that lets them know that you can be manipulated. So yes. you have to just say, you know, don't need you. No, thanks. Um, I sleep well at night knowing that I don't have to. I've done a lot of things over the years, Teresa, that um, I've put it up on my site. You know, I actually say this is not a free service. So I don't get, I used to be bombarded with just mm-hmm. trash, just sending me stuff and wanting this to do you do this. I'm like, oh no, I'm serious. If someone, if someone sends me a message about how much my, how much something costs, I'm like, you didn't go on my site and read, you, you, you know, you're lazy. Um, so mm, I got to think about that. If mm-hmm. you follow, you know, and guess what? There are too many clients that follow the rules. So then the ones that don't, I just, I just, I don't have the energy for them. I'm, 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 I'm way, I like having my peace of mind and rest um, and uh, not stressing over it. So you get to learn what works for you and um, what to ask the universe for in terms of, uh, you know, and how to, how to get it so that you find those ideal clients. It's not a, um, a I didn't just, and you will know, uh, you and I have known each other a number of years. I didn't just wake up one day and this all just fell into place. I had to go trial right. and error trial and error and stay consistent and develop myself into what I want to be and, and, and stick to it. So not only do you have and learn uh, who to trust, right? Um, and then you build your own repu- reputation. So that again is professionalism. Mm-hmm. So what I'm hearing here is that, you know, you again, setting the client's expectations, getting them to agree to things, letting them know right off the bat what you're all about. Having that out there really loud and proud on your website, your website is kind of like a gateway. I mean, these are all really good practices to ensure that people see this as a legit biz and they treat you with the respect that you deserve. And I've got a question to ask you now. All right. That I've, I've been thinking about as I'm listening to you. So what do you do? What do you do? You've been a total pro. 
but somehow either you make a very public mistake or somebody is like talking a bunch of smack and trying to harm your reputation. What is the best way to handle that as a pro? Ooh, reputation harming. You know, um, I have, um, you and I were talking a little bit about my love-hate relationship with social media because everybody has something to say. Um, I think as a public person, if you decide to be a, which means, you know, sometimes that puts you instantly um, into the public uh, view, being a professional, having your stuff out there. I am, uh, I've always carried myself to be all about the business. I don't interject any personal and or political information um, or opinions anywhere. Not that I don't, I don't have them, but you, 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 I, I, you know, you wouldn't know what side I stand on. Not really. I have people that live with me that don't really know what side <laughs> I'm like, yeah, because I'm an enigma. That's, that's how it is. But if someone's talking trash about you, I think the first adult thing to do is address them directly. So mm-hmm. what is the issue? If I say something to offend you, okay, you're, you're offended. Why? Okay. What'd you do? Um, take responsibility if you've, if you've stepped over your boundary, right? Uh, some people will just be uh, upset and angry and bitter and whatever negative ad, uh, adjective you can add in there, no matter what you do. Find your audience, find, you know, if someone's interjecting, you just have to know that you can't please everyone all the time. Um, I, uh, my Libra, the Libra in me, you know, I always say, oh God, if people don't like me, then that, there you have the problem. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't even think about it. I, I think I have been through, um, my, my uh, dysfunction radar goes off, so I tend to pull back from people and only keep certain, uh, things very, very surface. Um, I, I'm very, very careful. I've seen a lot of people become distraught, unhappy, careers destroyed over trying to overstep and be that voice and take the mic. Um, I always say the people that are important to me are the people that I want to support, my clients who support me. Um, you know, I am very, very much, uh, I stay neutral. Sometimes you, you, people are like, well, you can't, you have to take a stand. And I'm like, I, I've, I've gotten along fine in my life without, I'm very strong in who I am. Right. And that's the first and foremost. So if you're dealing with negative stuff, you have to check yourself and figure out how to step outside because some of us, I'll tell you, this industry attracts the dysfunctional. You know why? Because within ourselves, we've suffered a lot of that in our upbringings, in our family. We've been through a lot of trauma. That's why we're actually drawn to help other people. But guess what? You bring it with you. Mm-hmm. And I call it being, when you're born in hell, you know hell very well. You attract it. It'll be there. It'll circulate. So you have to decide to truly um, and this is one of those metaphysical things to truly decide to evolve and ascend past that. If you recognize what your dysfunction is, see, I know what my dysfunction is. So I'll know if somebody's not good for me. I'm like, oh, no, I can't. Uh-uh. I can't go that. I, and I have to set the boundary. And the biggest thing that causes that or lack of boundaries. Now you don't even realize because it's so ingrained in subconscious that that's what's going on to me. 
but you just, it's just like you've heard like attracts like. And why do I always find these people that seem to be in opposition? Well, sometimes people, um, there, there are instances where if you decide that you're a leader, you have opposition. I've always said it takes a certain kind of asshole to be a leader, right? And so uh, you have to know that you may, if you're, if you're in a position to tell someone what to do, especially adults, well, let's just look at what we are now. If you tell someone to wear a mask, do something, oh my God, ah, you know, telling someone to do something. And, and really when it, you and I are in these positions, Teresa, and we are, people are taking, we are leaders, we're taking lead, but sometimes people are just like, oh, well, they're, you know, what they're saying, and there's resistance and opposition that really has nothing to do with your message, right? That, or you think, oh, I'm putting this out there. It just is something as innocent as we're doing right now in the guise of wanting to help and get out information. Well, somebody, well, I don't agree with that. I don't think she, you know, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think you should do that. And that's just how it is. But I always leave with, this is my experience. You cannot discredit a person's experience. Mm-hmm. And so if that's your experience, say it's your experience, not necessarily your opinion, because like I said, just because someone sees that someone has a curse and can remove it, I'm not going to say that they can't, um, but if they're coming away from that scared and feeling a different way about it, feeling some type of way about it, as we say, then, then that's, that's, where you're, that's what the problem lies in. If you are of help, if a person comes to you for help, they should be relaxed and they got some sort of somewhere, whether it works or not. Because I tell people all the time, yes, I'm a very accurate reader, but man, you can walk away. Stuff that I say may or may not. You have to, you know, um, I never, I want to leave that room to say, huh, maybe, right? You can flip it around. So if you're, you're if, if there's a particular challenge um, and these things tend to cluster, I would say, to first of all, it's always self-examination, mm-hmm. right? And then sometimes you have to cut the ties, you know, start cutting people out. And that may sound like a very, I don't know, maybe passive way. Um, but I, I, I'm just like, I just decide, why do I need this in my life? What is it bringing to me, right? Um, I'm sure I've said plenty of things. I've been on plenty of interviews. I've written plenty of material and, and, um, people have gone, no hogwash nonsense. Okay. That might be true, but what is your experience to counter that? Because I think you can prove or disprove anything. So, um, I, um, have a really good way of, of, and I deal with do this to my clients as well. And when they say something, I go, that's interesting. Why do you say that? Uh And so when you're in, when you're in a dispute with someone, just do that. Just say, that's really interesting because they want to be heard. See, some of the stuff is coming from people not being heard, Teresa, and everybody wants to be heard. That is the, one of the biggest issues. So if you go, you're saying this, that is interesting. Why do you say that? And that's a way then to open up a dialogue. So if you do make a public mistake or if you do have somebody who is talking about your work and they don't like it, that's a way to open up a dialogue maybe then to, boy, this is spoken like a true Libra, to resolve it in a way that's good for everybody. Right. Just uh, just figure out what, what it is that, that you know, it's interesting you, interesting you say that, understand you don't agree. Why do you say that? So you got to open up that dialogue. You got to dig deep. Sometimes people have to talk their own stuff through 
Um, and basically you may, you know, you just, you just dig it out. You dig it out and you, you, you put the pink elephant in the room and go, Oh, you know what? That's really a pink dragon. So that's what I was, I wasn't seeing it as an elephant. Right. Um, so you can agree to disagree too, but you have to get that person to be heard and I'm a, I said, I'm a, I'm a, I like to sleep at night and I don't like chewing on stuff. I am one of those. I'll get a lot of anxiety around stuff if it bothers me and I want to nip it in the bud. I don't like feeling pain. I don't like feeling sad. I don't like it. I don't like it. I can't function. Um, I've, I already have a level of anxiety in the readings that I do. Like I get myself into this space. So for me, it sets me outside of myself. And I like to be in myself before I go to bed because I don't want things talking to me. So, you know, there's a way to get there. So you just really, it's all about listening, feeling heard. And, and, and if it's, if you're, you can get out of the, the aggression, you know, part of it and the, uh, just say, Hey, okay. So why are you saying that? And lastly, I, I kind of think everything's funny sometimes, <laughs> but it's like, I, I, and I told you this, I have this love hate with, with uh, social media and stuff that's out there because I'm just like, I can't deal, I can't deal with that. I'm seeing that's, I'm like, I, I choose, I'm not going to get involved in that because you're going to go round and round and round and round. You have to understand, I always say there are more of them than us in terms of people that are just really, really, I mean, we're dealing with it day in, day out right now. And so uh, you, you have to stay attuned to source. Especially as a reader, uh, you, you you stay in alignment. If you're going one way or the other, the purpose of everything is to bring it back to balance. And so your balance is the most important thing. And so you will learn in terms of getting out there, being a professional. You want to go and save the world, honey. You got to save yourself first, first and foremost. What do they tell you when you get on the plane? You know, you got to put the oxygen mask on yourself. You know, then you can help others. But if you're sitting there huffing and puffing because of something somebody said or doing, mm -mm, you're not centered. And how can you do that? You know, how can you help others? Well, I love that analogy with the oxygen mask, and that makes so much sense. So, Gina, this has been such a great conversation. I yes. always appreciate your wisdom that that you share in the tarot tips newsletter. I appreciate Thank you. Time Thank to, you. to share your thoughts about professionalism for the tarot readers with me tonight. Uh, yeah. So could you tell people, tell my audience where they can find you um, if they want to work with you and learn more about you? Yes, absolutely. Well, you know, I ha I have two uh, publications, uh, tarot coupling resources and readings, resources and resolutions for relationship readings. That's a mouthful. Um, all about relationship readings, but I, I took a different approach on that. And of course, uh, my creative work, my deck, Tarot of the Moors, which is um, published by Red Feather, uh, Mind, Body, Spirit. And uh, you can find that at shipperbooks.com. My website, if you would like a session with me, anything ranging from personal readings to mentorship is tarotadvisor, A-D-V-I-S-O-R.com. Of course, the Tarot Schools newsletter, you can always go on their website and subscribe to that. Uh, it comes out on the first um, uh, of every month. And so I've been doing that, I think, since 2010. I have to check that. It's been a long time. Yeah. Um, and of course, you can listen to my rants on my podcast that I do with Katrina Wynn 
called Oracle Soup. Um, and we dish on things on the intuitive arts. Um, and of course, I'm at uh, on my Instagram is tarotadvisor underscore Gina Thies. And let's see, what else do I have? Um, you can look me up on, on Facebook. You can message me, email me. Um, advisor at tarotadvisor.com is my email address. So many, many different ways. I'm not hiding. Uh, you may not see me being very vocal, uh, but I watch, you know, <laughs> you know what I've noticed? One of the things, especially as I'm creating and I do a lot of research. So most of my time is in that if I go on and sometimes I'm like having a good time or reading, I will look up and four or five hours have passed that I've been on. And I'm just like, Oh my God, I, I can't spare the time sometimes. So <laughs> it's like, it's hard, but, um, I, I respond to all emails, messages, just, just hit me up. Um, if you have a question, I'm very open to answering and helping um, and uh, having some resources. So that's how you can find me. Teresa, I'm so proud of you. And you know, I love you. And I'm very proud uh, to um, just know you and have you as a, in, a, in my life, really. Um, I think of you often. I miss you. I wish we could do more together. Uh, one day, I need to come there. That's just, that's, that's what's going to break down. You one know, day, uh, one day it will happen. It will just have to happen. Yeah. You know, I'm so accustomed to seeing a lot of the people that I know and have come to love through tarot. And it's like, well, we don't see each other until we travel. Um, and um, I'm going to start having to come to people more, especially, well, we got to see what's going to be happening with travels and, you know, trying to come together once again. So uh, until that day, thank you so much for having me. Uh, this means a lot to me, of course, and I'm happy to do anything for you. You know, you got it. Well, I am so delighted that you made time. And for people who are listening, Gina is one of my top referrals. So I am always letting people know about your work, Gina, because you are top notch. And I am, I am never too busy pro. for your, never too busy for your referrals. Um, I learned that from an old real estate thing that says, you know, if someone refers you, that's another thing about professional. You make the time. Um, Teresa's a busy woman. And so I don't mind. And so I know, um, and this is one of my things. If I could spend four or five hours on social media, just, you know, uh, somebody needs a, somebody's going to need something. So you, you, you gotta invest that time and be available. And that's, that's just my thing. If I'm not, I, I have open availability where I will find a spot because um, I work late. Um, I'm not an early riser, but um, I will if I need to, depending on where you are in the world. I mean, I've read for people all over the world and sometimes it's like, you know, the time just has to work, but you make it fit, right? So yeah, I'm happy to, happy to be that. Well, thank you so much. Okay, and, thank you, honey. And thank you everybody for listening. That wraps up this episode of Tarot Bites. You can check out lots more tarot goodness on my website, thetarolady.com. I've got free tarot and astrology lessons, the tarot coloring book, lots of blog posts, astrological forecasts, and so many other good things for you to scope out and enjoy. I want to thank you again uh, for being here and listening in. I hope you have a beautiful day. And by the way, if you love this podcast, and I sure hope you do, do me a favor, get on over to iTunes and leave a kind review because that helps more tarot curious people find their way to tarot bites. And as always, I like to close out by saying, pay close attention to your intuition throughout your day and let it guide you into making brave, excellent choices. Remember that you are always in the driver's seat of your life. You are in charge of your decisions, your plans, the action steps that you take or don't take. You're the boss. 
And if you don't like where your life is headed right now, you can change that. Nothing is ever fixed in stone. The tarot cards tell a story, but you write the ending. <laughs>